Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. I am so thankful for the opportunity to be standing before you this evening. It's always a joy to be able to preach God's Word. Usually when I am uh, in an assembly with Glenn, the roles are reversed. Uh, Usually I've planned to go hear him somewhere when we're together in situations like this. I've been doing it for a long time, I think 1979 or 80 was probably the first time I traveled somewhere to hear him speak. I didn't know Cindy, I didn't know Sammy, didn't know any of that family, but I had met him with my brother at Freed Hardeman and I heard he was speaking at 6th Avenue and I went and heard him preach and I've enjoyed his preaching since that time and we, through the years, have uh, laughed a little bit and, and enjoyed ourselves in a number of circumstances and situations, sometimes hard work, sometimes playing ball, sometimes uh, serious talks and study that uh, I'll get us off track in those conversations, no doubt. But tonight I want to stay on track because I believe the subject that I have selected from the list that was shared is one of our most important subjects as far as motivation, as far as faithfulness, as far as successfully serving God and living the Christian life. There are so many passages that we could look to, and we will be going to a number of passages as we think about hope. I want to approach it simply by looking at two uh, two points, a number of subpoints, but first of all, we're going to ask ourselves the question, what is biblical hope? What is biblical hope? Uh, we, we, we hear the, the word hope, we hear the terminology uh, in our society. People in the world use and talk about hoping this or hoping that. I honestly hope that we have a little bit more dry weather over in the Corinth area. Uh, The rains have started, and usually uh, they don't stop until about April or May. Once it starts, every three or four days, we have it throughout the the winter. I'm not ready for that yet. I've got some other outdoor things I want to do. But that's just a, a use of the term hope that has nothing to do with the biblical concept of hope. One afternoon a number of years ago in uh, Fountain Inn, South Carolina, uh, I was driving along in a van with my three children. Uh, They were a good bit younger, several years back. Abel was talking about how tall he was going to be. And uh, you could just hear him, oh, I, I hope that I 
that I make it to six feet and I'm over six feet. I, I really hope that I can, can, can attain that height. Uh, of course, basketball, playing basketball, he loved that and, and he wanted to be tall. He, he, he got that wish, by the way. He, he, he made it to six feet. Song was in the, in the van with us and she being the little sister that she was, she said, wouldn't it be funny if I was over six feet and you never made it to six feet? I hope I'm six feet. That was Well, Job was there in his car seat. That's how young he was. And he said, well, when I grow up, I hope I'm going to have three heads. <laughs> Children have lots of different kinds of hopes and different concepts. And with a toddler in a seat there, seeing them with six feet, he didn't think it was all that out of the realm of possibility for him to have three heads, I guess. But anyway... That kind of hope. Oh, other things that we can think about in, in the realm of hope. You, you're taking a test. If you're in school, I hope I do well. I hope I can, can ace this one. I hope I can make this particular grade so it'll bring my average up. But are you working? Are you hoping that after spending the days coming up to that test, having done nothing to be prepared for that test? Is it just an empty concept? Hope is used in a lot of different ways. Well, let's let's move to the scriptures and briefly go through six things that will help us to understand what biblical hope is. Number one, biblical hope is a hope. It is singular. It is based upon one concept. It's it's only one. That's exactly what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, where he says, There is one body and one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. He continues, One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. There is one hope. It is a hope. It is a singular hope. And that hope is found in Jesus Christ. Paul would write to the Colossians and say, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, the only hope that is real The only hope that matters is hope that is based upon and in Jesus Christ. Songwriters abound with lyrics about hope. We sing at times as we worship. Some build their hopes on the ever-drifting sand. Some on their fame or their treasures or their land. Mine's on the rock that forever shall stand. Jesus the rock of ages. Another, another great writer wrote, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And so as we begin exploring biblical hope, we understand that that, that hope is singular. It is a hope. And I word it that way because all of the rest of them begin with the letter A and so that it makes it fit with the list. It is a hope, number one. 
Number two, biblical hope is anticipation. Anticipation is probably the best definition of hope from the standpoint of understanding the scriptures when it translates that word hope for us. We're all familiar with the old Carly Simon song and the ketchup commercials from years ago from my childhood and uh, anticipation. It's keeping me wait, keeping me waiting. Uh, the ketchup coming out of the bottle. But, but we, we understand that the term hope when we, when we look in scripture and we hear Paul speak of his hope and of his life. We see that anticipation more clearly. Listen to his words from Philippians 1 verses 19 through 21. Come back to that slide in a second. Paul said, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul uses the word that that we're thinking about, the subject that we're speaking on, as he talks about his earnest expectation, his hope. His desire to serve God, to be useful in God's kingdom. And we understand from, from his description that, that it's anticipation, that, that he is expecting great things from God, that he's expecting blessings from God, whether he's alive or whether he moves to the next phase in his spiritual life, in his spirit being to that eternal existence with God. He's going to be serving God. He's going to be faithful to God. A number of years ago, I had the privilege for two years in a row to come as a boy to Camp Nayadi. And it was a pretty good little drive from, from where we lived down in Quintown, Alabama. And uh, my uncle was one of the directors at Nayadi for this particular week, and I came with his son as a camper and, and enjoyed the week of camp immensely. The first week that I was there, now I've, I've done a lot of Christian camping through the years. I've directed uh, a couple of different camps and worked at several others. And I've never done what the people did at this camp. And I would never do it. But as a camper, I was really excited about it. At Camp Nayadi, the first year that I was there, and I don't think they did it the second year, but the first year that I was there, a man drove into the camp in his pickup truck, and we'd been told he was coming, and we ran out to where the truck was, and the back of his truck, there were just a number of rifles. It wasn't bows and arrows, it was rifles. 
And of course, he was announced he was going down to the shooting range, and we were anxious about seeing where that was. And and I think back as a camp director and as an adult, and I think, what were they thinking? What were they thinking, bringing guns to camp? Well, it was a different time. We lived in a different time, and uh, I had been anticipating this opportunity ever since I had learned about it. A couple of days now, I'd known they were going to be bringing guns into camp, and my dad had guns. He also had a really clumsy 12, 13-year-old son, and he didn't let him mess with guns much at that particular point. So I was, I was really excited. Daddy wasn't there, and uh, I was going to get my hands on a gun. I was filled with anticipation. I was anxious to, 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 to get a shot. And I went down there, and there were already people there shooting. I'd, I'd heard it happening. I got down there, got in line, stood there and waited, got up to the head of the line, and he handed me a target. And he said, okay, everybody guns down. And, they all, and uh, everybody went and got their targets, and then the new ones of us went up and hung our targets. We got back, and... He said, okay, everybody's clear. You can, can load your rifles. Loaded that rifle, put that little twenty-two cartridge in there. And he said, y'all fire at will, but everyone stay behind until, until I give a clear. Anticipation. I believed in myself. I believed I was going to be successful. I was going to hit a bullseye. I was going to hit that target I raised my rifle, took careful aim. I think I'm left-handed. I think that was when I was still leaning across looking with my right eye. I'm not sure. Uh, But at any rate, however I did it, I fired my shot, and it was the last one fired that year. I don't think I hit the target. In fact, I'm pretty sure I didn't. But I got everybody's targets. I shot the wire down. (laughs) And so, my anticipation, I didn't quite live up to my expectation for myself. But when we we come to biblical hope, we, we need to understand the meaning of what the Bible's talking about there. When Paul says, according to my earnest expectation... My hope, when he's saying those words, the Greek word that he used there is elpis, and it, it means to anticipate usually with pleasure, also confidence. You know, hope, hope from a biblical standpoint is a lot more than just the hope that we talk about in the world around us that we talked about earlier. Confidence plays a huge part in that. Anticipation, pleasure, excitement. That's what the scriptures are talking about when it it describes hope for us. Well, let's go further as we explore what biblical hope is. The third place, biblical hope is abiding. Scriptures tell us in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13, and now abideth faith, 
hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Love is the greatest, that care is the greatest, but hope makes the top three. It's abiding, faith, hope, and charity or love. They, they sustain us. They stay with us. In 1 Peter 1 and verse 13, Peter writes, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hope will sustain us. It will stay with us. It will carry us through some of the hardships, some of the difficulties, some of the dark days. That hope that we have is abiding. Fourthly, the reason that it's abiding is because it's alive. Biblical hope is alive. Peter further would say in 1 Peter 1 verses 3 and 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively or living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. It goes ahead and tells who? You who are kept through faith. Why? Why does it say that hope is alive? It's because Jesus is alive. He rose from the grave. He has allowed us to be born again to a living, a real, and abiding hope. A confidence, anticipation for an inheritance that's incorruptible, it's undefiled, that will never fade away. The hope that God provides for us, the hope that that his word teaches us about is a hope that is real, it's alive. And as we continue, that hope is also an anchor. When we think about anchors, had a man introduced to me a concept that was fairly new. I was young. I was about uh, 18 years old. Had just purchased my first vehicle. Glenn and I were talking about it this evening. I've still got it, still doing some work on it. And uh, was driving it pretty much all the time back at this time. And it had an old AM radio in it. I decided I wanted to upgrade. So I went to Radio Shack and I bought... I bought an 8-track player. This was in 1983. Well, I had a lot of 8-tracks, so I wanted to listen to them. I couldn't hear them much over that motor, but anyway, this is a 72 International Scout II, and uh, I bought that 8-track player radio, had to cut the dash a little bit to get it in there and fit just right, got it fitted in there, 
could listen to my eight tracks a little bit. Had a lot of cassettes too. I just reason I bought it is I was told that you could buy an adapter where you could, and, and I did. I bought it. It was about that long. It stuck into the dash in the eight track slot, and had a cassette player out here, buttons where the the top would flip right up, and you could slide your cassettes in there, play your cassettes in the eight track slot, and it worked for about three weeks. And he quit working. I drove back over to Radio Shack. And I said, uh, something's wrong with my 8-track cassette adapter. The guy looked at it and he said, well, he said, there's not a warranty on these. Which I should have asked that question before I bought it, I guess. Didn't pay that much for it, but, but it made me mad that he wouldn't even, and he probably didn't have the knowledge to work on it anyway. But he said, what you've got here now is, is a good anchor. And that really made me mad because it didn't look like an anchor, number one. And I'd pay too much money for it just to be a, a dead weight. But that's all that I had. I threw it away. Well, we understand what an anchor is. It is a weight. Uh, if you've been out in a small fishing boat Sometimes you'll have one on either end of them. You can drop it down on one end or the other, and if you drop on one end, you're liable to rotate around a little while. You can drop one on both ends, and you'll sit right there where you want to. That's the purpose. Huge vessels. The anchors that you can see on some of these seagoing vessels are amazing. They have to be large to sustain the size ship that they're, that they're mooring, that they're holding. Well, when we think about biblical hope as an anchor, which that's what God says in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Our faith and our hope and our love, all of these things, work together to keep us where God wants us to be. Specifically here in Hebrews 6, he's talking about hope. He says, this hope we have as an anchor. I want you to look at Romans 4 for just a moment. I don't have this passage on the screen. But in Romans 4, we learn about Abraham being anchored. We'll back up to about verse 16 and begin reading. It says, That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope... He believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. 
as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. You see, Abraham was anchored by the hope, hope in the promises that God had made to him. God had said that he should become the father of many nations. Hope anchors people when that hope is based on the word of God. God told Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Fast forward 25 years and there's still no nation, not even one. There's Ishmael, Abraham and Sarah and Hagar's attempt to do what God was going to do. Failed, wasn't what God intended. Abraham continued to hope. He believed against hope. You know, common sense would tell him, I'm 100 years old, I'm not going to have a child. I'm beyond that age. My wife is beyond the age of of bearing children, and God keeps saying she's going to have the child. But he continued to hope. He was anchored. Verse 19 continues, He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. See, his hope went beyond what he could see. Verse 20 goes ahead and says, No distrust made him waver. Concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Hope that is anchored cannot be taken away. Abraham refused. Even when the child, the son of promise was given... Years later, God says, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice. I want you to sacrifice this boy to me. Abraham didn't miss a beat. Logic, faith, hope, anticipation, assurance, confidence. Hebrew writer tells us how he worked that out in his mind. He was fully persuaded that when he sacrificed that child to God, God would raise him from the dead because God God was the one who commanded the sacrifice and God was the one who promised that he would be the father of great nation through this person. So Abraham, he never, never lost hope. It was an anchor that held him where he needed to be. The last thing that I want us to to notice about biblical hope, biblical hope is attainable. It's attainable. Now we, we understand their passages like Ephesians chapter two, verses one through five. There God says through Paul, you 
were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Twice in this passage, I don't want to get into panic mode, that bell got me, but uh, twice in this passage, he goes ahead and says that they had no hope. There are those who at some point in their lives are at a situation where they have no hope, but that point is made to make this point, hope is attainable, but God is the statement, and but Christ intervenes and provides an opportunity for people to make changes in their lives. Verse 13, when he says they were having no hope and without God in the world, verse 13 says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That hope is attainable. Understand, we need to understand, Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Same little word, all, that's used there describing our condemnation is used in 2 Peter 3.9, which says, all should come to repentance. He's not willing that any should perish. And in Titus 2 and verse 11, it says, The grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men. Biblical hope is attainable. It's available for us. It comes through studying his word and knowing his promises and and obeying his will, focusing. My second point As we think about biblical hope, now that we understand what it is, let's talk about what it means to have biblical hope in the next three minutes. Three sub-points here. Biblical hope means perspective. Biblical hope means that I understand eternity for what it is and for what God has provided. Hebrews chapter 11, as it teaches us about faith, as it speaks about a great definition and a great description of faith, it says faith is the assurance of things hoped for the evidence or the conviction of things not seen. By it, the people of old received their commendation. One translation says that faith is being sure about those things that we hope for and certain 
about those things that we cannot see. The reality of eternity is the perspective that we need to develop when it comes to biblical hope. It's not this life that we're to be about. It's the one that is to come. Eternity with God. That's what biblical hope provides. That's what it results in for us. Number two, biblical hope means perseverance. We're able to endure. We're able to keep going. We're able to abide even when times are tough. Even when sickness is ravaging. Even when we've lost that person that means the most to us in this life. We persevere. We continue to be faithful. Think about Luke 15. And you wonder, maybe... Why did the father, why did he run to that boy while he was a great way off? I'll tell you why. Because love hopes all things. Love hopes all things. That father looked every day for that boy. Praying, desiring, wanting him to be back. And so when the day came that he was coming, he was there looking and he was He was running perseverance. And finally, peace. Peace that passes understanding. How how can you be so calm? How can you be so collected when when the world's falling apart? When you've lost so much? when, When circumstances are so grave? It's because I have hope. It's because God has provided Jesus Christ to make my life with him in eternity reality. Thank you for your kind attention. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.